Howdy, Ags. Welcome to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M that is dedicated to highlighting fast-growing Aggie entrepreneurs, learning how they overcame growth challenges with creative growth hacks, and connecting them with other entrepreneurs in the Aggie network. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie, class of 2001. And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie, class of 1998. Whoop! We got a little story for you, Ags. Mike Watts, Fighting Texas Aggie class of 1998. You like that, Chris? Love it. Mike is a multiple Aggie 100 winner, not only with his current company, Love Handle, but with with other companies. And Mike is someone that knows what it's like to find a market need and develop a product specifically to fill that need. His story, transparency, and wisdom really come through in this interview, and we hope that you enjoy it. So pass it back and listen up to Mike as he shares some good bull about his business. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Greg, Chris. Really appreciate the, the time and opportunity. Well, we, we've already gotten to know each other a little bit through the, our conversation before we started rolling, but really wanted to kick this off and ask you, what is your number one favorite Aggie memory? <laughs> well, I, you know, honestly, I'd have to say that I loved Bonfire. I loved just the camaraderie of, of being together, living on campus in the dorms and making friends and meeting my wife there. But my favorite Aggie memory was was later, actually, after I left when my startup was honored in a top 10 finish in the Aggie 100. And I was able to be there. And I didn't know what place I was going to get. We were just sitting there. I had no idea and had my family around. I mean, my grandmother, my kids, my my wife, my parents, and we're all there. And to get to sort of see that as a culmination and a recognition for all the work and risk and um, you know just effort that it took to get to that point was a really a proud moment to stand there at the end of Kyle Field and overlook that and take a photo and you know get to meet the dean and, and everything it was just such a special moment uh, in my life. Wow, that's, that's super cool. That's really cool. Tell us a little bit about Love Handle. And by the way, I love 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 the, that name uh but it's to tell us you know a little bit about love handle and you know what is it Maybe, and yeah, why like, are you what, passionate what about is it? it you know let's describe right. that first <laughs> yeah shameless marketing with that name choice uh but what love handle is it's a stick on grip for the back of electronic devices particularly smartphones so i always say that you know when these companies issue you these phones they're they're incomplete it's like they're selling a car with no wheels and so Really having to hold these pieces of glass and carry them around and not drop them and wheel them in every direction throughout our daily life is, is a challenge. So our goal here at Love Handle is to offer products to the consumer that will allow them to elevate that experience with a smartphone device to sort of get back to reality and, and stop being a slave to carrying their phone to go hands-free, but not get in the way to be able to go in your pocket. So our latest release, we're really, really proud of the Love Handle Pro that just came out about six months ago. Yeah, it's a it's a low profile elastic grip, but has integrated kickstand that allows you to prop your phone up in portrait mode very stably so you can tap it not going to fall over also landscape mode and it has internal magnets that allows you to stick your phone to a toolbox or to any car magnetic mount or or whatever the side of your car wherever you want to do so it's really great for video recording and just going hands-free wherever you go we do customized prints uh, and we do it all we build everything here in texas we built out a facility it would have been easier to, to offshore it but we decided to take the hard route and we developed our own automation equipment and developed our our own way to make the product in-house and we can customize it with any logo or design or prints or patterns and so yeah really it's a fun product to get to sell we always tell people that you know get a handle on the device you love because we all seem to love them and we carry them around everywhere we go so that's what love handle is i'm gonna jump completely off script this is so interesting did you start off immediately knowing that you were going to customize 
and and offer that because you know as as a startup to be able to say hey I've, I've got to be lean and mean but that's also something that can be customized very easily yeah honestly no uh, my previous startup I had found great success on television so I was the guy on infomercials I shot and produced infomercial for our aftermarket weed eater head which is the one we won the Aggie 100 uh, top 10 twice on and that was a really successful product and and also filled the bill for a, you know an aftermarket product for an incomplete unit uh, like a weed trimmer but the love handle I was just like oh I'm gonna put it on TV it's gonna sell great but this was back in 2014 and nobody stuck things on their phone so I learned a hard lesson real fast one don't order a half million dollar product from China without really giving them specifications on what you need and what it ought to be like. Uh, my ego got caught up, you know, really is what happened. And, and so I ordered all this product in, I bought all this airtime, produced a commercial and then it absolutely flopped. The product came in completely inferior, ended up having to just throw it away. So we lost half a million dollars, oh, no. pushed it in the dump and uh, yeah, I didn't even have a way to recycle it or anything. So we had to just throw it all away and we really started out of the gates wow. stumbling. And then we decided, you know, that gave us the resolve, though, to decide that we want to be able to make our product in-house. We want to make sure, you know, put our hands on it and make sure that our customers are getting a quality product that lives up to our brand. And then that took us down the path to say, well, you know what? Now we can customize because we can do small batch and overseas won't do small batch. And so now I can make 10 or one or a thousand or 10,000 or whatever of any design and pattern. I can do it really fast. So that gives us a competitive advantage. Mike? question then is where are you located where where is the manufacturing located and you know like how many employees and stuff like that do you have yeah so we're located in Rochere in Texas which is just south of Houston I grew up just south of here down in Angleton and we uh, we've got our, we built our own facility here we're in a 10,000 square foot building that was previously just surrounded by had a dirt road out front and cows around us but now you know suburbia is headed this way and now we've got an Exxon across the street it's growing but we've got 35 full-time employees now and it's growing quickly we're, we're adding people it seems like every week as we expand and so it's been a been a journey and so now it's it's managing people across manufacturing and marketing and sales and admin and fulfillment and you know product development and all those sorts of things and i've got my finger in, in all of those along the way mike when, when did you found uh, love handle 2014 so 2014 to 2021 you grew from one employee to 35s. That's a huge amount of growth, super fast. What historically has been, not, not counting last year, 2020 had its own set of challenges with COVID, but not counting last year, what really was the biggest challenge to your growth? I mean, it sounds like you figure out the manufacturing stuff really quick, importing it, um, but what's your biggest challenge and how did you overcome it? Honestly, uh, our biggest challenge was was competition. Uh, we had There was a single product out there that launched the same month that we did. And it wasn't even invented to be a phone grip. It was invented for wrapping earbud cords around. Probably figure out what I'm talking about. And so along the way, we, we pushed into retail. We got into Office Depot real early. And side by side, they crushed us because they had gone viral on... YouTube, whatever the heck that was back in the time, right? They had they had partnered up with influencers when nobody knew what an influencer was outside of a celebrity in Hollywood. So a credit to them, uh, if you ask the owner, and I'm a friend of his, that they got lucky. They they got one single product in the right person's hand. And next thing you know, it's they see it on American Idol. It's on the red carpet in Hollywood. And it becomes a phenomenon because it's very visible on the back of your phone. 
Honestly, though, it was a blessing for us because it allowed us the chance to really build out our manufacturing. Wouldn't We would not have been able to do it that quickly. And it also allowed us to finish development of our product and build out a huge consumer base in the business B2B space. So, you know, I've made a love handles now for every brand you can think of, including Texas A&M and the foundation and uh, Aggie Entrepreneur Club and all kinds of stuff, but also Ford and Toyota and Budweiser and everyone else too. So it's really, it's been cool to be able to do that. But now they've sort of like the pet rock kind of went away. They, they are sort of fading as well. And so now I really feel prepared to, to hit the gap. Uh, we're in good position to go put some gas on it and push towards meeting the, the big audacious goals that I have. Nice. That's cool. So in the past year, obviously the, the entire world has had to change, right? What has been the biggest challenge that you've had to face and overcome in this past year? And, you know, what really caused it all, do you think, besides COVID? Well, a year ago now, about overnight, literally overnight, like 85% of our business last March 2020 was promotional products. So that was everything we did. And most of those people were going to give them away at, at trade shows, in-person events. So literally when quarantine happened, Every order we had in-house was canceled. Even the stuff we had built, they didn't no longer wanted it. And we got no new orders. Uh, we're just now starting to get those orders again as they've announced in-person events. So we lost 85% of our revenue overnight. Wow. But then we had to basically reinvent ourselves and find something that would work to keep the ship afloat. And so we did what everybody talks about, right? The pivot. And we pivoted to uh, online sales. We really focused on building out our portfolio in Amazon and serving that account well, because that was still thriving. We tried to bring more people to our website and, and invite to you know, build relationships with our consumers and so that we can sell to them more and more often. And, uh, and then we became more lean. Honestly, we became more efficient. We put systems in place to uh, to make sure that our operations were running as lean as possible. We weren't wasting any money. And you know, I'd be lying to you say if I said we made money last year. We we lost a lot of money, and I had to sell a lot of my personal assets to keep us afloat, to keep my team employed. But uh, and we did get some help from the government via PPP and and some SBA loans. But all that to say that we're still here. We're still sitting at the table, and uh, I'm really excited about uh, what's to come. Uh, in the future. The thing that I hear with every single entrepreneur that that we interview and we talk with is just the tenacity and the never quit attitude and just that failure is not an option. And last year for a lot of businesses, it was a kick in the gut and a hard one. And you're just like, okay, let's figure this out. Let's pull the team together. I, I loved, we've had a couple entrepreneurs that really focus on being lean and Six Sigma and stuff like that. So so let, let's dig into that, that a little bit. What were some things that you did that really made yourself more efficient? And was that was that something that the leadership kind of drove, or did you pull all your people together and say, "Hey, we gotta we gotta work together and we gotta be better"? Yeah, I, it started it started with me, and you know, a bit of a reflective moment in this very room. There's a little studio that I built on site, and I said, I remember sitting in here, uh, and I had my I have a whiteboard on the, on the wall over here, and writing down, deciding that okay, well, what what do we do in our business? If I'm gonna have to reinvent ourselves, what is it that we actually do? And so. From the customer standpoint back to the company, I tried to understand like what's the value we're bringing to them. And then what are the processes that we have to have in place to be able to deliver upon that value? And so I was able to then build my company without any people on the chart. I just said, we have a manufacturing process, right? And we have a fulfillment process. We have a customer journey and satisfaction process in the dialogue communication. We have an art design process and then, you know, on marketing in general process. Like, so I took all those 
down and then I tried to build our company as a straw man and then go back and shuffle the deck with my team members. And a lot of people ended up in different roles that they were in. Some people wow. didn't make the cut, honestly. And we had to bring in replacement people. It, what it did, I think it's like a refining moment for us. It took us through the fire, it refined us, made us into a better uh, more scalable company. So I, I'm, it really do is a blessing for us to go through that process because before we were just so busy, it was chaotic. I didn't have an inventory system. I Now I have an inventory system. I didn't have an online workflow that was optimized and now we do. And so there's a lot of benefits, I think, for the moment and opportunity that we had to take a pause and to, and also to finish the development for the pro. And none of that stuff would have happened in the chaos that we had going on before. So that's what COVID did for us. And I think that that's a trait of entrepreneurs you'll find too, is that, you know, just unabashed optimism. Like we're just always going to find that one drop of water in the glass. At least there's a crop, you know, there's not, it's not completely empty. And so that's, it's really an asset because the more time and effort you spend on negative, whether negative people, negative news, negative attitude, negative outlook or whatever, it, you're just wasting resources. And so are we really just focused on, well, what can we use this time for? How can we become better? How can we survive and not run out of money? But those are all the, all the things we try to tackle during COVID. Wow. You know, that's so inspirational to hear you say that. And, and that's one of the things that over and over and over and over again that we've heard from other entrepreneurs that have pivoted, right? That their their businesses were affected and essentially you're making lemonade out of the lemons that are given to you, right? And I applaud you. You know, I'm an entrepreneur as well. And and it's, you know, it's the past year and a half and we're not going to sugarcoat it on anybody. It's It's been tough, you know, for every single business out there. So that being said, uh, looking forward to the future in the next five to 10 years, what is your big, hairy, audacious goal? Your BHAG? Yeah, I know exactly what that is. And I have a goals that I look at every morning. And anyone out there listening, I really encourage you to, to write your goals down and review them every day and set your, your daily activities and make sure they align with your, with your bigger goals. But for me, uh, I want to create Love Handle into a, a brand that's known for creating more love in the world. And that's that can be through products, but also through, uh, we're doing a lot of fundraising collaborations and through the product line. But on the way, some of the, the big marker I'm looking for is a billion dollar valuation for the company. And we have that as a real possibility uh, based on the size of market and what our competitor has achieved. And along the way, the other sort of tangible marker is that I want to get our product onto at least a hundred million phones, I'd say within five years. And that's, you know, all of those are kind of tied together. We've so far, we have sold around, I think we're up to 8 million so far. So we've got around 42 million or uh, 98 million, Aggie math, 92 million to go. Uh, but, but I think we're doing the types of things that will prepare us to, to meet those goals. And probably helping with the systems and all the things that you just talked about that the the chaos of success was preventing you from improving on that now you've built those systems so that as things as the events and as trade shows and all that stuff comes back you can handle it yeah they just everything seems to be running pretty seamlessly lately so it's i think it's credit to the effort that my team put in to help you know it's cuz it's hard work to to establish processes and you know, have people own and, and be accountable for the results. But you have to do that. That's the only way to scale. And, and at this point, it becomes an exercise in human capital. Before, it was, you know, financial capital or just product development capital and just getting your getting off the ground at all. 
But now that we're up and off the ground and flying, now it becomes a, an exercise in attracting the right top talent to put into the, the team that's going to fit the culture, that's going to fit you know our ethics and, and believe in where we're going. Uh, most all of my top employees came here with a pay cut from somewhere else. That's actually a, a, a defining factor because they see the vision. Wow. They want to work with us and me and be part of something bigger and, and have an environment where they can thrive and learn. And that's really what I'm focused on creating. Managing your your human capital is is the key to growth. So, Absolutely. Mike, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, let's pause here for a second and hear these this message from our sponsor. And we're back. So, Mike, right before we got on here, we were talking a little bit about uh, your connection with Shark Damon, right? Why don't you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah, well, Damon John is uh, what has for a long time has been a, a mentor to me from afar. And when you know when Shark Tank came out, I think the entire entrepreneurial community celebrated and the fact that this was now on you know nightly TV or you know once a week TV, we could sit down as a family and watch pitches and watch the American dream come alive. And so I just felt like it was my destiny that I was going to go on the show. And I was going to pitch it and I was going to get a deal with the shark and it was going to be Damon. And so I, we showed up at the Consumer Electronics Show. We were there exhibiting anyway. And they had an open call for Shark Tank auditions. And so I got up there at 4 a.m., stood in line all morning to get a wristband. And then my father and I, who's my co-founder, went and pitched the sharks. Or it wasn't the sharks. It was the producers. And anyway, so we went and pitched the producers. And... We got through the first round. All so right, we liked yeah. it. And there you go. So then we got into the second round of auditions, which was the uh, the long form, uh, handwritten, blue ink, 100 page application and a 15 minute video to try to showcase ourselves. You should have seen some of the outtakes from there. They're hilarious. But uh, we sent those in. And uh, about two weeks later, got a, a notice back saying, hey, thanks for applying. But you didn't make the cut. We're not going to put you on Shark Tank. And we were just absolute rushed that we didn't make it on. Well, a year goes by. They have open calls again next year. We can do it again. We made it through the first round. The second round, exact same result. Decline mm. in the second round. And I was just crushed. I was like, man, I, I just felt like that was like what I was supposed yeah. to do. I was supposed to be on Shark Tank, walk that carpet down, do a deal, you know, be tough and tell them about my all my revenue and my valuation and everything. And it just didn't happen that way. But, but one day I was watching my website and I see an order come through my website for the Shark Group, not Shark Tank, the Shark Group. Well, Looked it up, and that's Damon John's company in New York City that does branding and marketing. And okay. they were ordering my product. I looked at the order, and it was a phone number on there. I picked it up, and I called. I'm like, "Hey, uh, it's called for Damon." And they laughed. They're like, "You can't talk to Damon." And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, "Well, I'll talk to you then." And so I built a relationship yeah. with Simone, who answered the phone. I sent her some product and built a, a little bit of a rapport there. And then I started figuring out who all the other people were there. And I started sending more product out. And then I started making some custom ones for Damon's book, uh, Power of Broke. Sent a bunch of those in. And then he'd come out with another book. And, and I, so I just try to add value back to him. Well, then sure enough, one day the phone rings and it's Damon. And he's like, hey. Uh, no, way, he's calling I, you? Yeah, he called me. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's like, I, I don't know how you did all this, but everybody here loves you. Uh, everybody loves your product. And I don't do this because, you know, I got deals coming at me all the time, but we really like you and we really like this product and we'd like to do a deal with you. And I was like, oh, that's great. So then I go into my Shark Tank pitch, you know, um, and uh, he's actually like, no, 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 no. He said, you know, I'm looking for creative deals. Okay. He's like, well, how about if I can, you know, earn my way into the company? I was like, are you not going to give me any money? He goes, well, I think I could bring more than money. So in long story short, we ended up making a deal 
where he would double our sales. If he could double our sales within a period of time, that he would have an option on a piece of our, an equity piece of our company. And it took him just six months. He put me on uh, Home Shopping Network, on Good Morning America. We were on The View, like all the stuff that easy connections for him. Yeah. Next thing you know, our sales spike, blow up. He does the shark effect. And the cool thing about the whole deal is that it was a relationship with me and him first before we did the deal. So now, years later, we're still very close friends. He comes fishing here with us and I get to, you know, he does speaking gigs. I just show up and hang out backstage and, you know. I haven't actually got to go back to the Shark Tank set because because of COVID. I was supposed to go right when they were filming oh. for that. But with COVID, they wouldn't let me. But now that it's opening back up and today they actually announced season 13 is going to happen. So pretty excited that I will get the chance to go back and go backstage and be be there on uh, on Shark Tank. So that's really excited to cool. see this story come come about. But that's how I did a deal with a shark without going on Shark Tank. Wow. Wow. So, 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 uh, you know, you, you hear, I hear stories and anecdotes about, you know, the sharks are, they have a persona, but afterward, you know, in person, there's on air Damon, then there's real Damon, you know, and and he, he just seems to be, I follow him on LinkedIn and everything. And so he seems to be someone that's very genuine, very open. Uh, It sounds like that's, that's true to form that that's actually coming through. Yeah, absolutely. He's just the most genuine down to earth guy. And, you know, I've met all the sharks now. And uh, I'm glad I'm not saying anything bad about any of them, but Damon is the most just like, like us guy, he would be the most easy to hang out with and have a conversation with, you know, Mark's a great guy too, but you know, he's pretty sure he's pretty smart and, uh, and he is, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but Damon's just a whole lot more approachable and really a lot of fun to be around. So, see, I got this crazy story when we were in, uh, we were in Vegas, uh, Damon, we were there for CES actually, uh, later on. So that's like a cycle. Anyway, Damon's like, Hey, let's go to dinner. So I went to dinner. I just showed up. Real nice restaurant. Walk in, sit down. It's Damon and his team. And uh, there's an empty seat. And I was like, oh, well, uh, who's coming? They're like, oh, you'll, you'll see. And sure enough, Mark Cuban walks in and sits down next to me. And so for two hours, we're sitting there chatting it up with Damon and Mark. Mark's keep reaching over. He's like, oh, I'm not going to order anything, but he keeps eating off my plate. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, he was great. And then we ended up all getting in that. Suburban, and we're driving down the Las Vegas Strip, and they got this driver that's a, a friend of theirs, and uh, and he's like an aspiring rapper, so he's up there rapping the song that he wrote called "I'm a Winner," and he's up there, "I'm a winner, I'm a winner, you're a winner, you're a winner," and then Mark Cuban's up in the front, like passenger seat, looking back at all the rest of us crowded in the back of the Suburban, <laughs> and and Damon's like, "Mark, are you a winner?" And Mark's like, "I'm a winner, I'm a winner." And I didn't even know where we were going. We ended up at Jamie Foxx's mansion, hang out with Jamie Foxx and Wesley Snipes was there. And it was just the most wild night ever. So much fun. None of that would have ever been possible, right? If it hadn't been for entrepreneurship and just being bold. And like I said, we were saying earlier, positive persistence and just putting yourself out there. You unlock all these unforeseen and unavailable possibilities by doing that. So. That's Damn, awesome. man, Mike. That that's awesome. Yeah. So I, I didn't realize you were the inspiration for the movie Hangover. So um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a new tweet. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe, hang out with Mike Tyson too. <laughs> yeah, no, but hey, I, I was gonna get right again right before COVID. They're good friends, and he uh, had me. I was gonna fly out and hang out with Mike on his ranch, and uh, you know probably get higher. I don't know what what they does because all he does anymore, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's got his own, his ranch out there, but I was going to go hang out with Mike Tyson. I was definitely going to get the photo with him, like knock me out. Right. You know? There you right. go. But uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. 
So thank you so much, Mike, for sharing everything that you have for us. Let's roll into the lightning round. So it's a real quick hits on on all these questions. I'm curious, you're you are a serial entrepreneur, so you probably constantly reading, constantly growing. What is your favorite hack? Learn from others. There's been plenty of other people that have done it before us and are doing it now. And so I'm absolutely constantly trying to seek out wisdom from others that are finding success today or found success 200 years ago. And so I'm just, I, I feel like I have to constantly make myself better every day. And that's, I don't know if that's a hack, but that's, that's really a, a, a real focus of mine to, to move myself forward because that's uh, the only way to, to get where I want to go. Love it. So now, what is one book, podcast, YouTube channel, whatever that we can share with the Aggie Entrepreneur community? Well, I'm going to give you a book and a podcast. So the the book is How to Think and Grow Rich. Yes, and it's yep. you know written back in the 30s, but still very very applicable today. And what you'll learn in this book is that it really all comes down to mindset. They can dig into like how all the great, some of the greatest achievers in the world achieved what they were setting out to do. And it was so much to do with mindset and really focusing on where they wanted to be, manifesting it and just making it real. And that's, that's so, it sounds high and flighty to so many people, but it's, it really is that simple. You manifest it in your mind and then you go create it. And I mean, I think that God kind of enables us to do that. If mm-hmm. we're willing to believe it and do the work, then, then he'll open the doors for you. And then the podcast is something that's more tactical to today's marketing. And I don't care what kind of company you've got, you need to have good marketing. And that's done today. Marketing is social media today. So there's a podcast out there called Social Media Marketing Podcast. Very yep. easy to remember. Mike Stelzner, a good friend of mine that produces it. And that he brings on some of the guests out there that will teach you how to create viral TikTok videos, how to run ads on Facebook and Instagram, how to do pre-roll and you know advertisements on YouTube, where the eyes are today. Because that's where you, you really need to be finding your customers is not where they're at. And that is where they're at. So Mike, we know that the Aggie Network is so valuable. And in every single one of us has multiple stories about how Ags have helped us out. Who in the Aggie Network do you want to say thank you to? You know, there's been a lot of them, but there's the professor, Greg Stark, that was always uh, great to me when I was, he was a teacher of mine. I, I was in the College of Ag. I got a degree in Ag Systems Management. and after switching from engineering, he really encouraged me because I, I was only like two classes away from graduating with engineering. Environmental engineer is what I wanted to be. But Greg told me that it was okay for me to, to because I decided I really didn't want to be an engineer. I got to all that way and I was like, I don't really want to be an engineer. I want to know more about business and things, marketing and things like that. So he said, no, it's okay. Like switch. And so we, he actually custom built me a degree before. It's a real degree now, but it was kind of a hybrid uh, degree that he built where a lot of my credits would still apply, but it, he made it okay. And then since then, he's still there, invited me to come back. And so now I get to teach entrepreneurship at, at wow. A&M. Wow. And you know, he's got me as the, I'm the kickoff, the lead for the entrepreneur series every year. And I get to come back and share my story with students. And so he's just kind of been that, that mainstay for me. He's always been a resource anytime I need anything. But you know, there's there's a hundred, there's a thousand, ten thousand Gregs out there that are making impacts at our university, uh, whether they're teaching or in the administration or like a former student. But the Aggie Network is real, it's alive, it's powerful, and it's amazing. That's awesome. Love truth. So, so how can the Aggie Network get in touch with you and support you moving forward? 
So I'm on social media. You can find me on Instagram. I'm at Mike Watts or on LinkedIn. Just look for Mike Watts, uh, Texas A&M. And on my website, I'm Mike at lovehandle.com. If anybody wants to shoot me an email, don't put me on a spam list, but you can send me an email and reach out. But I'm all about trying to help other entrepreneurs as much as I can. You know, time is a, is a very valuable resource, but if there's any way I can help you, I most certainly will. And Mike, so you talked about wanting to be able to kind of give back as part of the the mission of Love Handle. So for anyone either in a corporation or I mean, I'm part of a, a not-for-profit here locally in Bryan College Station that I think that this is going to be, we, we want to use you as we give stuff. So can you do all the orders and everything? Is it all online? T- tell us a little bit about that process. Yeah. So if you're interested in learning more about utilizing Love Handle as a vehicle, and, and I got to say, I mean, it's biased, I guess, but it really is one of the most effective marketing tools out there because ultimately, think about our goal is to get people to remember us and think about us and our message and our interaction with them. So by putting something with your logo and a gift on the back of their phone, they're going to touch every single day. Other people are going to ask about it. It creates the conversations that us marketers want others to create when we're not there. And so and I encourage you to try it. It's locally made. It's something to be proud of. We always have a gift back. So lovehandle.com, that's our main site. Lovehandlepromo.com is where you would go to actually look at custom printed volume pricing and things like that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, create Aggie Growth Hacks as a coupon code. You know, uh, just to, to help you guys awesome. out, I'm going to do 10% yeah, awesome. off. So anybody that puts Aggie Growth Hacks in lovehandlepromo.com will get 10% off their order just because you're now in the Aggie network. So that's fun, man. Super bonus. You, Mike, you are the first one that's given back to our community that way. So thank you so much. Mike, I, I can't, I can't tell you enough. I, I love your story. I love the enthusiasm I, and I love the, open-handedness. I mean, you you really were very transparent throughout this entire conversation. Thank you for allowing us to learn from you. And I uh, hope that Ags, if you, if you want to get in touch with Mike, I mean, he is very accessible. Reach out to him, learn from him. Or if you've got stuff that you need promotion, make sure that you do that. So thank you so much for coming, Mike. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Greg. Chris, it's been a pleasure. How about that, Ags? Did you love that or what? Get where I did that love handle? Yeah. So there were some super valuable hacks that Mike shared with us. What was your favorite, Greg? Well, the first one, I I love the name. That is a really great name. And (laughs) Ags, y'all need to check out lovehandle.com and see the products. But I was so impressed with, with Mike's authenticity and his transparency. Uh, I really liked the part where he talked about how he retooled in 2020. And what I wrote down was the chaos of success sometimes overshadows things that need to be corrected. And, you know, he was just talking about how things were just blowing up and they were they were so successful and they were just rocking and rolling. And before COVID hit and the slowdown that was caused by it, he didn't have the time or the ability to build systems, to invest into people, to to look at his entire operation from customer interaction until to receipt of the of the product and to say, how can we systematize this? How can we become efficient? How can we do that? And so I really loved how he had the courage to manage through. 2020 in such a way that it built the foundation for him to really scale, to, to be able to meet that BHAG of 100 million love handles on phones. So that that was super cool to see him go through that and to hear his story. What about you? What did you take away, Chris? So, you know, just like always, I 100% agree with you, right? And love 
And you know what? We've heard that time and time and time again. And I mentioned that, right? But we have. We've heard that from other entrepreneurs that this period has has helped them kind of relook at their business from a different perspective, right? Because they had that time, right? To slow down and they were forced to slow it down. So really mine, I, I had several, honestly. I took so much out of that, you know, and I agreed with them on so many different levels. The biggest one that I took out of that and something that I, I have to be guilty that, that I look at is he said, look at your goals daily. Yeah. And he said, yep. But one thing that really stuck out was look at your big goals daily as well as your small goals, right? Your, your stuff that's in front of you right now. So I am guilty of not looking at the big goals every single day so that I keep what I'm doing in mind for the future. I, I look at the, the quarterly goals, right? On a daily basis, but I don't look at those. Okay. What's my BHAG, right? What is my, if I look at that and I, th- and I believe, and I'm going to start doing this is that I'm going to look at those every single day. Right. The mm-hmm. BHAG all the way down to my my five year goals, down to the three year, down to the one year, down to the quarter goals. I think that if you look at those every single day, it's going to manifest itself in your mind. I mean, and, and you're going to know exactly which direction you need to take and, and use that as your compass. So that was my biggest takeaway. Yeah. A whole lot of traction, a whole lot of Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Really good. Just yeah. lay it out there, think about it, obsess about it, and it's gonna it's gonna happen. But it right. doesn't happen without thinking about it and then putting in putting in the hard work, right? Absolutely. You can think about it all day long, but if you're not doing the work, and nothing's gonna matter that on that, right? Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. Chris and I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you'll leave us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you found us. Be sure to check out our website, aggiegrowthhacks.com, where you can hear all of our previous episodes and connect with Chris and I. Be sure to check out our monthly hack shops where we tackle some of the biggest challenges that entrepreneurs have. And then we talk to an expert and dive deep into actionable advice to be able to accomplish that. Aggie Growth Hacks was produced by fellow Aggies, Kyle Ackerman and Ben Wiggins with Podcast Architects. We also want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M University. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a entrepreneur, head over to their website to find a program that's right for you. Just search up McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship in Google and head over there right now. Also, be sure to head over to lovehandle.com and use Aggie Growth Hacks as your promo code. Join us next time where we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and giggle. Whoop!